Yes, yes, y'all. Welcome in to episode 163 of the Dumb Marks Podcast. It's your boys, your favorite Saturday bunch, bunch. Back at it again after a Thanksgiving feast week. Rivalry week, baby. We're here. Survivor Series, War Games, Florida State, Florida, me versus you. We kicked Donald and Jason off the I was show. Gonna say, things look different today. Comes out of here. <laughs> We're going OG style with the two of us. Uh, shout out to Donald and Jason. They're handling their regular nine to five. Um, so they may or may not make a run in. Um, just depends on where we set them up on our perspective war games team. <laughs> Are they going to be the last entrant? Because we're pulling double duty here. We're going, we're going the full, full way. We have the advantage right now. That's right. That's right. That's right. I'm the Arn Anderson of this podcast. I start out every war games match first because you know Arn was doing you know, the full 60 plus um, for his team. Arn could do it. Arn could do it for sure. For sure. So yeah, back at it again. Um, Social media at Dunbar's pod, follow us and listen on Spotify, YouTube, check the bell, make sure you get notifications when we go live. Um, So how we feeling? How we living? We good? Dude, I'm tired. (laughs) Exhausting. Thanksgiving was at my mom's house this year, so exhausting Thanksgiving this year. So doing cooking Wednesday, Thursday. Did day drinking yesterday, so. There you go. There you go. Good. Try to relax with that, but. There you go. Not bad. Not bad, dear. um, This is the first time in 10 years that we have not hosted. Um, Okay. So the whole day felt off Thursday. Um. You know, we we made a couple. Uh, my wife made the mac and cheese and the cornbread stuffing to take over to her mom's, and we went over there for for dinner and that. So the whole day felt off. Um, yeah, just you know, wasn't wasn't the same because we haven't hosted. Yesterday, I put the Christmas lights up outside. Um, so my inside of my house has been decorated since November first. Um, <laughs> yeah, it really goes out it early, bro. Every kitchen, dining room, living room, office. I got three trees up in my house right now. Like it's ridiculous. Too much. Um <laughs> it looks really good though. Like it's not oh it's not like okay, we gotta clean this up. This is like trashy looking. Like, no, like it looks it looks really good in every room. So I do gotta give her a shout out for that because it it is uh it is classy. Um <laughs> Saltines, Taekwon. We're rocking with the saltines today. You love this show. Don't lie. Let's go classy. We can be Ritz. Okay, I'll take a Ritz. I'll take a Ritz. I'm more of a Ritz with with the cheese, the sandwiches. um, If we want to, you know, call it out, add a little spice to it. You're a cheesy cracker. That's right. Cheesy cracker. Hey, Taquan, we were we were trying to set up you and Pro to be on here for Survivor Series. Wanted to see you go at it live, but one, we don't have a dump button, so you definitely would have got us canceled. Oh um, shit, Jason and Taquan are gonna be in the comments at each other. There we go. <laughs> Look, even Jason's name is white, Mr. Cream of Wheat. Taquan, you better get on him. Um no, absolutely Ooh, not. We no. never put raisins in the potato mm-hmm. salad. Come on now. Mm-hmm. You got to give us more credit than that. We, we might be white, but we're not that kind of white. Yeah, no, nah, no, nah, nah. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Um, so, yeah, got, got all that out the way. I'm ready to go today. Like I said, rivalry week, war games, college football started yesterday with, you know, some of the, the matchups. Um, this is my favorite time of year. I love this weekend. Um, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida, Florida State. 
We had, you know, Oregon, Oregon State last night, which turned out to be a bum game. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm here. I'm ready to go. Um <laughs> nah, man. <laughs> I've never, I've never worn that in my entire life. Okay. Um, no, nah, we're here. We're good. Uh, you got fun all that. show. Then you got Survivor Series, and if you're in Pittsburgh, AEW uh, Collision and Rampage. Collision and Rampage. Tickets are still available. Um, if you want to go down, I I looked. I did peek because I was like, hmm, you know, early Christmas present. I'll take my daughter down. See if my wife wants to go. Um, the ticket prices were good as far as being not outrageous. Mm-hmm. Um, normally AEW does good pricing wise, but it's kind of the way other... WWE was a few years when they were trying to get the kids back involved. Yeah, they they got other plans, so I'm not going to go down by myself. Um, I'll just post up and watch Survivor Series, and it'll be my first. It'll be the first event AEW has come to Pittsburgh that I have not seen live in person. Um, I checked it out last night. It looks like. Good amount of tickets are gone now. So the deals that they've been doing look like people have been taking advantage of them. Oh, for sure. The only thing that sucks is the taxes and fees on tickets. Yeah. You're you're paying a, an additional ticket plus for yeah. taxes and fees, depending on how many people are going down. Yeah. And then you got to factor in the parking when you go down, too. Gotta add that yeah. on top of it. Yeah. And so the thing I don't I, get, though, like this is something that AEW needs to think of. If you're going to a college campus. You know, it's on the pit campus and the students are gone for Thanksgiving. It's like, you got to factor that in. Like if they were going to well, be Well, I don't there... know how many students they were drawn anyways, because they normally come in, in April and, you know, it's usually, they don't really get like a huge college crowd. I don't think like per se, but, I never yeah. really noticed a bigger turnout down there yeah. whenever they've come in the spring. Um, you know, speaking of token, <laughs> speaking of token, um, I was I was the token I was the token last weekend. Um, went went to went to an event, um, and I was the only token there. Um, <laughs> so the roles were reversed. Um, uh, now I I can understand and feel how how that can be an awkward situation. Um. Felt like my my man in the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving edition, where he's sitting on the other side of the table by himself, um, which would have got peanuts canceled if they brought that out in 2023. Um, so go figure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was right at home. Ta- I was right at home, Taquan. I was out there right at home. Um, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I was. I was mad. I didn't go get a haircut because it was. <laughs> They were out. <laughs> they were out. Um, Everybody so yeah, was nah, fresh for the all show. Good. All good. All good. Um, all right. Fun show today. Of course, we're going to break down Survivor Series, get into War Games, um, discuss that full card, match predictions, match in the night. You know how we do. We always got Mount Rushmore and Jabroni of the Week, and we'll see where other twists and turns this show come first. Um, I noticed you titled the show Strike First. Um you know, so how do you want to handle this? You want to go, you want to go uh, positive? We're going to hit hit them with positivity first, or are we going to go negative and get the jabronis out the way? You know, it's the week to be thankful, so why don't we go positive to start things out? All right, all right. We'll do a compliment sandwich. We're yeah. going to go positive with Mount Rushmore. We'll hit them with the jabroni, and then we'll go war games for the bottom of the bunch. Exactly. 
right, all right. I feel that. All right. Well, since Donald and Jay aren't here, we'll just read off their Mount Rushmore's and Jabronis and maybe discuss it if we feel the need to. So uh I don't care who you get first from them two, but it's a you all got right. the you got the controls over there with that. <laughs> all right, let's let's go into Donald's just because you know how Donald is whenever he's not on the show. Oh yeah, he pulls out a diatribe. Meanwhile, when he's on the show, he can't. Jason says three words. Donald gives seven. Like they're not exactly uh, William Shakespeare as far as takes. So we'll give a hot take, Donald here. Mount Rushmore and Jabroni are one and the same. Match between Mello and Briggs was stellar. Both styles messed. Go ahead. ahead. Both styles messed with with each other of a bruiser versus high flyer. Willing to see a nice feud with both. Briggs with with the win was a nice shakeup, excluding the fuckery. <laughs> I didn't see it, so I don't know what the fuckery was. But Lexus King. Okay. Jabroni spot. Get the fuck uh, Lexus King out of this storyline. His interference with Trick and Mellow's story is starting to become a spear in my stomach. As I stated two weeks back, he isn't Jericho. Get off my TV. For now, he is called Junior Varsity in my eyes. Julia Hart carried his ass in AEW. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's really a heart with the carry. Um, I asked him if the red glasses were on during it. He didn't. He said no, but. Okay. All right. Um, no, I thought those two put on a hell of a match on Tuesday night. Briggs was a surprise win, uh, which is good. They're shaking it up for the the survival match um, that they have. I forget the name of it, where they do the, the countdown and the pins. Um, but, yeah, I. I like Briggs getting the win there. Mello, Mello's not going to be affected by a loss. They didn't have him loose clean, so there was shenanigans, of course. Um, say what you will, whether or not you like the story with Lexus King, Trick Mello. They're they're still hitting their beats with it. I don't know if they're going to pull an audible on it soon or not. Um, but, yeah, Briggs, Briggs showed up. He His look is different, which – is always a good thing because he stands out because it's different. I just know I just don't know if it's good different yet. Okay. Like I got like smoking gun vibes off of Briggs. <laughs> and I don't know if that's good or not. Um so yeah, we'll see if he can kind of work with it and navigate it and come out on the other side if he's going to turn into Billy Gun or if he's going to turn into Bart Gun. There's two different ways you can go down that road. Um well, and there's always rockabilly Oh, don't bring up Rockabilly. <laughs> so, I mean, you guys know I don't watch NXT all that often anymore, but so they're still going with the 1995 characters? Still no, starting. no, it's it's not so much the character work. It's just more the present, like his look. He has on the jeans, you know, he just, it, it looks smoking gun-esque. Okay. Just with darker denim, if that makes sense. Okay. Right. So yeah, it's just more the look. It's not necessarily his character. It's just his the presentation and how he looks in the ring. So um we'll see. Like I said, I'm not I'm not mad at that match being up there for Donald. I thought there were ones better this week, but I'm not mad at it. What do we got for Jason's Mount Rushmore? Jason's Mount Rushmore. Uh this one comes in from Raw. Uh like you said, uh Zylee versus Becky. Arguably, Xylee's best match to date showed promise and potential. I know they were on here killing the T-spot last week in the vignette. 
um, between Zaya and, and Laya Valkyria. I didn't mind it, like I said on last week's show. But Zaya had a hell of a two-day run there. Um, really showed where she could go and what she can do. I thought they were arguably two of her best matches. Um, she showed up. She showed out. Looks like she could hang with the big dogs as far as running with Becky. And then her and Lyra had a really good match in NXT for the Women's Championship. Mm-hmm. You know, that they ran that storyline through the entire night and switched it from the opening match and made it into the main event. So um, I'm not mad with Zaya being on there at all because she definitely held her ground this week being put in two big time spots. You're going up against Becky Lynch on Monday and then you're wrestling for the NXT title on Tuesday. And there's nothing but compliments coming from you. You had a hell of a week. And that actually goes into uh, Jason's jabroni. Uh, he comes from Becky and Xylee, the timing. I don't mind the loss, but you booked the loss the night before her NXT championship match. We, with, yeah. with this match being hit out months ago. Yeah, that, that, that could have been handled a little differently. I didn't understand the whole on Raw angle where Zaya's like, well, we're not wrestling on your time. We're wrestling on my time. And then she picks the night before, but we know it's not her actually picking the night before the championship match. So don't know why they had to held off on that. Becky was off TV for a little bit. So she had, I, I don't know if she had other obligations as far as the company goes, because she goes out there and handles media and press runs and all that. So um, we'll see. But yeah, the timing could have been a little bit better from that standpoint. I don't think the loss on Raw hurts Zaya going into the title match. And I think the way they set up the angle on Tuesday with Zaya coming out and kicking Lyra's head off to put the match in doubt kind of gave her her heat back before the match started. So I thought they handled it as best they could. I still wouldn't have booked it to take that loss the night before, like Jason said. Yeah. Nice to see Zaya getting some spotlight, though. She's a talent, and she deserves to be put in a in a prime spot. Well, she hasn't been on TV in how long? Well, they put her, what, on SmackDown to start? They hyped her up to go on to SmackDown and then never did anything with her. Yeah, Right. So that is, you know, that's the nitpick with the draft where you hype up some of these initial draft picks and then you don't have any creative in place for them and then they disappear for months and then you bring them back and they're cold as shit and you got to try to warm them back up again. Then just announce that they were drafted and then don't roll it out later on. Don't put them on the next, you know, the couple weeks after with video packages and whatnot and and then have them go away for six months. Yeah, or don't put them on the main roster if you don't have anything for them. Keep them down the next seat. It's true, too. It's true, too. Um, all right. What do you got for your Mount Rushmore this week? I got to go with uh, from Full Gear this past weekend. I got to go uh, Swerve and Hangman. I enjoyed the hell out of that match. I think, I mean, coming out of that event, that was the most talked about match for different reasons. But um, (laughs) I thought it was a good match. It was a good story they told during that. I got to give them both their credit for that. I, I was listening to Busted Open, and they were talking about it, and I noticed this as I was watching the match, but they did a good job talking about it. Like normally Texas death matches are just flat out brawls, right? Yeah. Like you've, you've had the feud that's boiled over to a point where you got to end it in a Texas death match. But this one, 
they actually told a story and did callbacks to this to the feud building up to the match. Hangman with stapling the finger paint that his son had that Swerve picked up whenever he went into the house. Mm. Like that's a callback. Like they hit on those notes throughout the match, which brought the story together and it made it feel it made it feel right to that they were actually having this match. I don't know if you do a third one after this because it's like, what do you that, do now? Yeah, that we talked about that. Like last, yeah, up. we talked about that last week. Um, you know, Hangman right back off TV, but Swerve was out there Wednesday night and handled his business, picking up a win in the internet in the Continental Classic, um, the Wish version of the G One. Um, it, is Tony Khan just going to rip everything off from New Japan? Like he like signed, he's he signed big talents, Shibata, Jay White, now Osprey. Mm. Um, you have this new tournament, which is just like the G1, which um, I think is only because Daniel uh, Brian Danielson kept saying how much he wanted to be in G1, and now what two years being in AEW and they haven't put him in. I think this is just Tony Khan's way of saying, Hey, we're gonna give you the G1. Our version. Well, and this is but, this is going to be Brian's last year as full time. So, yeah. I mean, I guess if he doesn't go in this upcoming year, you know, that's it. You're never going to see him in there. Yeah. So, I mean, we can we can debate other things from that tournament, um, which may <laughs> be on somebody's jabroni this week. Um, but yeah, no, the we'll match itself. It. We said it whenever we broke down the card last week. Um, I believe me and you both had that as match of the night. Um, I think I was gonna. I think I went with MJF and Jay White in the main event. But it was me and Donald. Yeah. I know two of us had Heyman and Swerve. Um, I I enjoyed it. I, yeah, I, I loved it. I I wasn't on the cornet bandwagon. I did think the blood spot was was over the top and did not need to be there. Don't know if that was an audible that Heyman just did it in the moment or what, but I don't need you don't need that. No. You don't need that ever, let alone in 2023. Yeah. Yeah. From what I read, the rumor was that it was approved, so it wasn't an audible, but whatever, if it was or wasn't. But, yeah, it was just different, yeah. But it's one of those things that got people talking, and I think that's what they were trying to do. I mean, that's the that's the age-old question, is good press, bad press, right? Yep. Um, it's bad press, good press. You know, it goes both ways. So I don't know. Like I said, that was the only spot that I would have taken out. Other than that, I got no no gripes about that match at all. Absolutely mm-hmm. loved it. Um, so yeah, that well deserving is being up on Mount Rushmore for the week for if sure. If they would go back to these, I don't need like we we discussed it last week about maybe making it a trilogy. You don't need it to be a trilogy right now. I don't feel after that match. But if you take a pause and eventually come back to that feud down the road at some point, I would enjoy that. Maybe for a title or something. You know, if Swerve does become champion and Hangman wants to challenge him, that's a great way to to get back into it. Yeah, no, I'm 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 okay with that. Um that you got enough there to call back later on mm-hmm. in a bigger spot that you can have both men in um, than where they're at now. So I guess the, the swerve push um, is, is 
looks like it's fully underway right now. Um, we'll see what see. he does I, in this tournament. Yeah, see what he does in the tournament. I got a feeling he he he's in the same side of the bracket as Moxley, so that gives me pause for for contention as far as him coming out of the bracket. But if you're really going to push him, there's enough people on that side of the bracket that he can have stellar matches with and come out on that side. Whether or not he wins the whole thing, that can be debated, but. I would definitely have him as as my betting odds favorite to come out of that side of the gold bracket with the with the win, so to speak, um, and be that side's representative. And if you're if you're a fan or you're not a fan of it, buckle in. That's the focus of AEW for the next month until this next pay per view. So, yeah, yeah. Um, which good or bad? Yeah, depends if you like tournaments or not. And Tony Khan loves his tournaments. Absolutely does. Absolutely does. Um, so I thought my Mount Rushmore this week, I, like nothing truly, truly stood out um, per se that I was like, oh, that's a definitive Mount Rushmore. I had a couple on a list, you know, some matches from Full Gear and that, but I, I went off the beaten path a little bit. Okay. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with. Uh, the women's tag match from ROH, Ronda Rousey debuting. Um, it's a one-off, allegedly. She's not signed. She's not doing a full-time schedule. Um, but she didn't look like the WWE Ronda Rousey. I didn't see it, so yeah. Parents-wise, work-wise, I loved. I loved it. I loved everything about it. And it just further cements that for me, I'm calling it now. So spoiler alert, when you tune into the 2023 year and wrap up show that we do with our, our own Mount Rushmore's and everything else, Athena for me is number one on my list for women this year. She absolutely killed it in that match. They teased enough of her and Rhonda that I want to see her and Rhonda okay. for the ROH belt. Um, she had a hell of a spot on the outside where she had Rhonda like this and Marina was on her back and she did a belly to belly suplex over her head to both women out on the floor. Like it was, it was a, it was a nice spot. So, but yeah, they, they tore the house down. I, I loved everything about that match. I'll have to go back and watch it. Yeah. So, um, so I'll make a plea here. If Rhonda's, if this is going to be a match that they go to, Please do not put it on a Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Give it the time and promotion that it deserves. And either save it for, you know, next summer at All In, or put it on any other AEW pay-per-view that Athena deserves to be on and just never gets put on. Yeah. Uh, like I said, it, it was a one-off. Um, Rana was supposed there was brought in for some, according to rumor and innuendo, there was some political type issue that she came in for to clear stuff i don't i don't know what that's about i couldn't even speculate i heard marina because... asked her to come in and because they're friends that's why yeah so i i listen i really like that i like the team of marina and ronda better than Shayna and ronda okay i just like that presentation better i think it works better with those two to me Shayna was always above ronda but i just like Shayna's work weight better 
and mm-hmm. her her presentation of the character. I think Rhonda can help elevate Marina um, and help give her some some credibility and credence that she may be lacking. No, none, not of her own volition, because I think she's greatly improved since she first started with the company. But I just feel like that that pairing is a better pairing um, as far as a women's tag team. So if AEW were to ever get that way as far as women's tag team belts, because that, I think that's the only belt that's not out right now. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing those two pair up and, and go at it. So kudos to them on Thursday night. If you haven't watched it, go back and check it out. It was a good match. Um, I gave it my Mount Rushmore just because of Athena and Ronda. They teased it enough that I want to see it happen. Okay. I think Athena is there character-wise. And the way Ronda worked that match, I would absolutely love to see them two go at it in that style from her. So more um, aggressive style. More aggressive style. Yeah. More more ju- more judo, more more aggressive. She just So probably the way she should have been in WWE. She just looked like there was like there was no weight on her. Like there wasn't pressure, there wasn't you gotta work this way, you gotta do this. You know, a couple of slams, I kind of cringed based on how they were delivered and how, um, you know, the landing went. But she didn't look unsafe. She just looked like the baddest woman on the planet, moniker, mm-hmm. that was given to her before she got her head kicked off by Holly Holm. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Job well done and, in that regard. And then was also the baddest woman on the planet in WWE and had to was forced to smile all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. She was never gonna be a baby face. It just not in her yeah. nature or her personality. But you know, Vince, um, as soon as he heard that pop when that music hit initially, it was like, Oh, we gotta make her the top baby face. Yeah. And it's like, no, she's she's not shaking hands, kissing babies. It's not her style. But if anything, you could have had her be, in essence, like a Stone Cold, you know, a badass that people cheer for. Yeah, and they chose not to go that route either. Yeah. Um, so. But it is what it is there. Yeah. All right. So that's Mount Rushmore for the week. Um, hit us up. Let us know who you have for Mount Rushmore and pro wrestling this week. Now it's time for the middle part of the compliment <laughs> sandwich, the bad stuff. Give you the little nice top crispy toasted bun, brioche, whatever you want. You know, now we're going to hit you with some some jumbo, some bologna. <laughs> Not giving you the fine Italian meats here. Um, what do you got for jabroni this week? So before I get into mine, uh, we already kind of, Don and Jason kind of gave you theirs that were tied right. into their Mount Rushmore. But Jason had a second jabroni, okay. so I want to bring this up. And it also comes from Full Gear, and that is the treatment of Sheeta. And I think this this deserves to be brought up uh, because once we talked again, about it on the show last week. I yeah. said it. I brought it up last week. Yeah, it's just like, brought it up last week. Two title runs since the pandemic, and both of them have been to further along somebody else's story. Mm-hmm. So what what does he say? He he just brought one to bring it up. He just brought it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, absolutely was was definitely I like I said I brought it up last week, but you can't. You can't use her as the transitional champ, which she's been. She's been Twice. their transitional champ. 
Just like Nyla's been the first challenger to the new champ. Although she hasn't been on TV in how long, so I don't know what's going on with her either. Um, there was no reason, and she did not have on all white. So Donald's theory of the all white gear and she loses was squashed last week. Um, but she's way too good of a talent and has done too much for the company to be used in that role. Yeah. I mean, both title runs were what? One defense? Two? I don't even know if her the first time even had a defense. It was so quick because it was like what? It went the 200th episode and then pretty much right into all in. So that was you only had a her, weeks, And so. you had her lose to Soraya to get the pop in Wembley. And, yeah. Which you had Tony and Soraya feud in a match. You didn't need to put it on Sheeta before the match. You could have just had Soraya pin Tony in the match like she did. You gave her the moniker of the first ever three-time women's champion in AEW out of this, but what what have you done with her? Who, Tony or Sheeta? No, Sheeta. Sheeta is the first time three-time champ. Yeah. So now Tony's the second. I felt like Tony, in this role that she's in, was deserving more to be the first three-time champ. But I'm not angry at Sheeta, them giving that to her, but... It's just the treatment of her that I'm angry at. Yeah, you absolutely... Not that you ruined Sheeta, but, like... Are you going to take her seriously next time she gets the title run? I'm not. And we didn't need another year-long run out of her. But she deserved better than... Less than a month each time. Yeah. And they, they didn't have to put the title on Tony right now either. No. Tony's I think they over did that just for LA. Tony's over because of her character work. Mm-hmm. Now, not saying that she's bad in the ring because she's not bad in the ring. It's just she's next level right now because of the character. And you could have had a nice buildup between Full Gear and Revolution for her to possibly win at Revolution. Or even let it run to to World's End on the thirtieth and have Sheeta. Oh man, it's just yeah. it's frustrating with that. I don't get it. It's it's hot and cold booking, and it's the same yeah. three people. And like, when are you actually going to build out a women's division? You had the surprise title change yeah. with Julia Hart beating Statlander, which mm-hmm. I re- I enjoyed that match. Yeah. I Statlander was great because you know her being the the bigger competitor in the match. She she handled the power moves. I thought Sky Blue and Julia was tremendous. Julia has been absolutely killing it. So giving her a run with the TBS title, I didn't pick her to win, but I'd have no problems with her winning that. No, not at all. It sometimes it's nice whenever you get those types of title runs that you're not expecting, just to see what they do with it. And. I like Statlander, but I just never felt like she ever, with Jade being TBS championship, they put the focus on that. And they didn't, I didn't feel like they gave Statlander the focus of the TBS championship. They just kind of kept her on Rampage a lot. She had good matches with it. It just mm-hmm. didn't feel as important. I think, I think that part of that was because that whole run was just based on her coming back and beating Jade. Yeah. 
So there was not, you know what I mean? Like once you have that, you're the surprise factor. <clears throat> Typical really Penny Clung looking to go. surprise factor of her winning and her the mountaintop being her winning and then the run with it just being right. disappointing. No, nowhere else to go. So yeah. like like you said, Julia went in, good for her. Let her let's see what you can do with it. And you know, now you have a chance to to elevate some other people um for that mid card title and you can bump Statlander up because I wouldn't mind seeing her feud with Tony. You got to get some other people in the mix here. Yeah. It's just too repetitive up at the top. You have plenty so, of talent. It's just, it's, it, you said it, it's too repetitive. But she did definitely deserve better, 1,000%. Mm. No reason why she should have lost that belt as soon as she did. No, not at all. So I'm not mad at that being Jay's jabroni. As well. All right. What do you got for Jabroni? I'm going into, uh, and I had this even before it was brought up in the group chat yesterday, another title in AEW. Yeah, this is going to be a merging of titles, but it's another title in AEW. We don't need it. Well, it's not just a title in AEW. It's a title in AEW, in Ring of Honor, and New Japan. It's being defended in all three promotions. All three promotions are sanctioning it. Um, and let, let's so, clarify that it's two promotions. <laughs> well, there's no, there's no mean, difference Ring of between Honor. AEW and Ring of Honor, but yeah. But I just don't. I don't see how you buy you buy a brand and then all of a sudden, you know, two years after you buy it, you're you're getting rid of its heavyweight championship, the title. Yeah, so you're getting rid of that for a brand new one for an AEW Uh, title and a new Japan and an (laughs) ROH title. I mean, they haven't said exactly what the name of it will be, other than the AEW Continental Classic Championship, but I think it's just going to be called the Continental Classic. Yeah, we'll see if it has the new Japan logo, the Ring of Honor, or whatever, but. I don't know. The whole thing's stupid. It's what you said earlier. It's just the wish version of G1. You know, it's just Tony Khan doing it just to do it. But yeah, I don't don't get the point of doing the title. Like, you don't, it's kind of like whenever they do that Owen Hart classic and then they give them a belt at the end of it. It's like, granted, they don't defend that title, but do we need to give them a belt at the end of that tournament? Not whenever they have the the cup that's three times the size of the Stanley Cup. Like, so we do this. Why give? Why do a belt to to defend if they defend it? You know, which I'm guessing they will, since you know they're merging belts. But why not just do something like you know the what kind of what they do with the G1 Classic? The winner gets a shot at the belt. Well, and not only that, but the way that Kingston cut the promo to put up the New Japan and the ROH belt to merge into this new belt. If he loses, let's say he loses tonight to Brody King, does that mean Brody King is the ROH and New Japan strong champion? So, or or is Eddie Kingston just winning every single match on the blue side of the bracket until the finals? On Tony, they did, I think it was on Wednesday, they did like a bracket breakdown, like announcing all the people. 
and they interviewed Eddie. And so, yeah, the way you're describing it, the way Eddie said it, is exactly how he said it, like that he was defending it in every match. But Tony basically said, no, the winner, like, yes, it's a defense, but the winner is the champion at the end, not like every, t- every match. That, that makes it even, uh, makes it even a dumber decision. Yeah. So we'll see what they do tonight, if anything does change. But yeah, it, it was like Tony was backtracking it. And Tony was trying to say, like, no, what you said was correct. You know, it's like you are defending it each time, but the winner of the tournament will be the champion. So then he's not defending it. Yeah. So why have Kingston say that? Because if, if that was the case, I would be at least, I'd be at least interested. It would give me some some reason to tune in and watch it and actually care about it because it's like, is Eddie Kingston really going to run through this entire bracket mm-hmm. on the blue side undefeated plus a finals matchup against a Jay White or a Swerve or a Moxley or, you know what I mean, whoever, yeah. a Roosh, whoever's going to come out of the gold side. But, like, that would at least have storyline and intrigue to run through. Because Kingston's not the type of guy that you would expect to go undefeated in that tournament setting, based on how he wrestles. So it would have been a it would have been a story inside of the tournament instead of just having the tournament to crown these merged Infinity Stone titles that they're putting on Thanos at yeah. some point. I'm interested in seeing what say. New Japan has in this belt, you know, because if you're giving your one of your titles away, in essence, you know, to AEW, you know, does AEW get to book this title for a little bit? Then does New Japan get to take it for a bit? Well, yeah, I mean, it's going to be defended on all, you know, continentally, so on every mm-hmm. continent, supposedly. Like, well, they have a say in who gets to be the champion. Like, well, that's where the, you know, that's where the too many cooks in the kitchen come yeah. down, right? Um, I don't know. The whole thing's just just not necessary, and I think it's really stupid the way they're doing it. So yeah, um, I completely agree with that being on the jabroni because it definitely was, um, and worthwhile for sure. Um, yeah, oh, interested in seeing where it goes to an extent, but I don't need another another title to be defended. And to get rid of a title in a brand that you have, like you said, a two-year brand, and it's just going nowhere. So I have two jabronis. Okay. Um, I'll the first one's out of full gear. The second one will lead into us breaking down the the card for Survivor Series. Firstly, for full gear, my jabroni is the whole storyline with MJF and Jay White. Okay. Your this entire story has been built on Jay White taking MJS property and walking around like he's the real world AEW heavyweight champion. MJF has not done enough, in my opinion, to show that he wants the belt back until the night before the pay-per-view where he laid out Juice Robinson. Um, who is legit injured um, and is going to be taking some time away. So that's why he was written off the way he was. But the whole storyline has been about somebody else taking your property and you not doing enough to get it back. 
And then they have them in five different angles. And then you get into the pay-per-view and you run a Monday Night Raw, Wednesday Night Dynamite, Friday Night SmackDown, Impact Thursday, ROA. So you run a regular storyline to thread throughout the pay-per-view of MJF getting injured and him being carted out in an ambulance and Adam Cole promising that he's going to step in and defend the belt. And then Adam Cole gets in the ring and MJF steals the ambulance and drives back. And it's like, and then you have MJF win on one leg. Why? What was the purpose? Nothing about the story leading up to that said that that's the angle that you should go. Yeah. Jay White was definitely the more entertaining person during that storyline. Have the guns take out MJF, but have MJF come out pissed off. Have him in the back with the doctors throwing shit around. Mm. Tape it up. He stole my belt. He has the triple B. I'm not going to the hospital. Tape it up. Like, why, why are we doing this? this fake injury angle and everything else. And then the person that put in the person that's actually injured or possibly. So I understand why Jay White may have been a little bit pissed off about that booking decision as was allegedly rumored this week. Okay. Because it did it did him no favors. No. I really enjoyed the match. The match was good. You know, a couple of the spots were holy shit spots, like the cutter over the top rope. You know, there was a lot of good wrestling. But you didn't need, you didn't, you had a story built in for the match. And you decided last second to change it and make it about something that was totally different, that had nothing to do with the build to the pay per view itself. And the thing that I hate in pro wrestling is whenever you're overbooking somebody to look strong, like they did with MJF. MJF's a great talent. I, I enjoy MJF. He's, I've enjoyed for the most part his title run. But when you have a 100% healthy Jay White versus, say, MJF? Yeah, we'll say 75%, you know, that can fluctuate on it. But, and you have MJF completely like, back and forth together and then him still win it's just like how realistic oh. is that yeah like the story could have been kind of what they kind of alluded to on dynamite this past week you know with Samoa Joe of like Samoa Joe said I'm not taking that the match tonight because I don't want you to cry and bitch that you weren't 100% you know, that could have been the storyline for a rematch no, oh, you got me on my on an off night. You know, you stole my one year from me. You know, and they they could have developed a story with that, and that would have at least been a little more entertaining. I feel. Yeah, it was just a complete head scratcher on my end. I'm like, why are we doing this? And then I get the Joe announcement on Wednesday. You know, you're my property. I'm a, you know, I'm gonna make sure nobody gets you. I got your back. I want you fresh. Well, where was that on the pay-per-view? 
Because if Jay White would have beat him, you don't get the match. So why weren't you out there protecting him from the get-go? Where was Wardlow? Wardlow's almost the same gimmick. He wants MJF. He wants to be the one to take out MJF. So why wasn't he doing the same thing? If he wants that belt because he wants to take out MJF, he wants to he wants to take everything away from MJF, which would be the belt. It's, it's again, and we talked about it last week. There's too many stories with MJF right now. Like there's too but much. Not being, but they're not being tied in. If they would have if they would have had Warlow and Joe take out the guns after the match to prevent them from injuring MJF, cool. Yeah. Makes total sense. Yeah. Then you're good. It ties into both men's motivation for wanting to take the belt off MJF. Then you could have you could have Joe and Wardlow take out the guns and then have them two get face to face. And you can have them two fight to face Max at World End. Yeah. Not and this then... whole promise of a title match just because you tagged with me, yeah. but you didn't protect my back. So MJF could have got out of it. So yeah, there, there's that. Now before we before I bring up the second one, real quick, because we're about forty mate forty eight yeah. minutes in, and we got Survivor Series to break down. Did you see the clip going around of supposedly Adam Cole in the ring when Max was giving his line of you know. You're not on the level of the devil. And then it went to black and the devil flashed on the screen, laughed and came back up. Did you see the clip of Cole sitting in the chair? I didn't was know. Going, all right. So going around the internet afterwards and, you know, fan theory will come out of nowhere, right? Yeah. Just like in Marvel comics, just like the Marvel movies, right? They'll pull, they'll try to find any little Easter egg that's possible, whether it's there or not. So there was a clip of the camera on MJF and Cole sitting like diagonal behind him in the chair. Mm -hmm. And MJF's doing his little sign. And Cole is kind of looking at him with a smirk on his face. And he reaches his right hand into his right pocket, right? And looks like he he clicks something. Screen goes black. Devil comes on and laughs. Screen goes up. And you see Cole pulling his hand out of his pocket again. Okay. So now it's, well, Adam Cole's the, the devil. devil. Look, he's pulling the strings. He's he's having the images pop up on the screen, this and that and the other. He was smiling at MJF. Like, I don't know if I'm going to jump that far <laughs> on the conclusion map, but it maybe adds a little bit of intrigue as far as keeping Cole around while he's out injured. And I'm all for that because, you know, we kind of talked about this before. I'm, we talked about that aces and eights thing. Like, that's where I'm at right now. Like, that's how I, I'm getting the feeling of aces and eights storyline with this a little bit. Like, you don't know what's coming next with it, you know, and who who's who and who's pulling the strings and all that. And I like, I did like this right same thing with that. You know, the devil comes on the Tron and laughs and then Samoa Joe's music hits. And just so like, that's another like, oh, what was it? Are they trying to say something there? And, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just little things, you know, 
that if you're you know a Marvel fan and you're watching looking for Easter eggs in scenes, that one I didn't notice it live, but when they showed the clip, I was like, oh, okay, makes makes a little makes a little bit of an yeah. intriguing situation here. That did did he really hit the button? Like, why was his hand in his pocket? Because there was no reason for his hand to be in his pocket. And he didn't have his hand in his pocket the rest of the time while he was out before or after that. So, again, it ties into, all right, well, maybe Cole is the guy after all that's pulling the strings. So, we'll see with that. Um, and, the, and then there's always the possibility of the lead guy is still MJF. He's always going to be the devil. You know? We'll see. And then that would make Jay White's promo – Max, you're not the villain. You're you're not the hero. You're the villain. Yeah. That would make it ring even more true. Yep. Um, in that regard. So just something to keep an eye on with AEW moving forward here. All right. That leads into my second jabroni before we get into Survivor Series. Yeah. Uh war games. I'm not excited for either one of these war games matches. No. The Saudi Arabia Crown Jewel event led to a rush build. I I tried to buy in and I gave the men's match a little bit more of a buy-in than the women's based on each member of the men's team having storyline with the judgment day. But I just can't. I don't I don't feel it. These, to me these matches were just put on the card in war games because you have war games announced. Mm-hmm. And they didn't even have war games announced. You know, it's like they, up until last month, they were just promoting it as Survivor Series. And so then they announced like, it after the Saudi show. Yeah. So, like, you didn't necessarily need to create war games just to create war games. And then you did the typical, okay, well, who's the fifth man? I like the way that they did that. You know, you said it's Randy Orton without saying it's Randy Orton. I don't yeah. know if I agree bringing Randy Orton back after two years with a back major back injury and putting him in war games as his first match back. And then you move over to Friday night and you get the pot stir Bailey who did mm-hmm. her best Taekwon job in the comments of stirring it up between Charlotte and Becky and can they coexist and are they on the same team? And it goes off air with the baby faces griping at each other and the heels laughing on the outside. I just, it did nothing for me. It doesn't get me excited. I can care less about the actual animosity between these women and men. But I'll watch it because it's Survivor Series. And you never know. Could turn out to be a good show. My expectations going into it are a little bit low because I feel like the past few events haven't been anything special. But that was going to be my follow-up to this poorly built non-existent blood feud between these war games matches when's the last time survivor series felt like a big four i like feel like legitimate last year was anticipated decent. big four last year was probably the first time in a while i was more interested in it because of it being the first war games with survivor series but like actually excited for it it's been a while so i mean you could potentially say late 90s. Yeah. I mean, the last one, the last Survivor Series that, you know, that I go back and watch consistently would be 02. 
you know, the first elimination chamber. And that wasn't even like the traditional Survivor Series. No. So like that was more the elimination chamber and it was just held at Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it just it's it's a shame because I really enjoyed Survivor Series growing up. It was one of my favorites. I love the the teams of five strive to stay alive gimmick. And you had the the mixed match pairings. I love the team names that they used to come up with, the promos the teams used to cut before the matches, like all that hokey pokiness of pro wrestling. It just got me and and I loved all that. And now to see it being treated like it's taboo Tuesday is just a bad vibe for me all the way around. And I'm glad you, you mentioned that. Cause that's exactly what I was thinking last night while watching SmackDown, like uh, the ruffles, we're going to give you the fans to see who has the advantage in the women's matches. Like we're doing taboo Tuesday shit now. <laughs> yep. 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 So yeah. Yeah. We'll see. There are some matches on here that I think we'll deliver, but yeah. It's not like, oh, my God, Survivor Series is here, and I'm so excited for it. And that's a shame, given where that pay-per-view once was prestige-wise as far as being a big four. And you don't need to do war games every year with this. You know, Triple H talked about in the past, you know, we don't need a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. You don't necessarily need an Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. We can do them when the story, you know, writes itself for it. It's exactly what you can do with war games. It doesn't need to be just because Survivor Series is a traditional like five on five match. You don't need to do this just to do it. And because you don't have Roman and your main title is not being defended, this would have been the perfect year to go back to that 5v5 model that the pay per view initially started out as. Yeah. And just have your sole survivor crown and call it a day. Like, you could have had more intrigue that way, yeah. But we'll see. So, with that being said, let's get into this card and break it down. Five matches, not going to be a whole lot of time spent on it, no. Um, depending, but we'll we'll run around the horde and give you Donald and Jason's predictions as well. Not a lot of uh, nothing, no pre-show match announced this time, so we'll see uh, how that goes tonight. So let's kick it off with a match that was announced last night: Dragon Lee versus Santos Escobar. For me, this has potential to steal a show. Mm-hmm. Dragon Lee's been absolutely on a hot streak, tearing it up. I love the heel turn from Escobar. Love his promo last night with Carlito. Um, I don't necessarily like the rumor of having Umberto and Garza come up and be on the side of Santos as far as his new running mates. kind of leaves, you know, the other LWO members that were initially a part of Legado out in the cold, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I, this has all the potential to steal the show. If I don't know how much time they'll be given, that's the only thing with this match. Because each War Games match will probably at least be given 45 minutes or so, including entrances. You well, know. it takes how it takes how much it takes 20 minutes just for the damn match to start. Yeah. And then they usually go a decent amount of time sometimes with it. So, yeah, hopefully this does get some time. I'm looking forward to this one. I'm actually more excited about these two wrestling more than I was with Carlito and Escobar. Um, Because I think this is a good position for Dragon Lee to kick him off. I just think there's going to be some shenanigans to this. 
you know, whether it's not, whether it's Legato Del Fantasma getting back together or is Carlito better as, you know, Legato stays with Ray and keeps the LWO going. And then Carlito has always been better as a heel. Do you keep it? You put him with Santos and then you could have Carlito versus Ray. You know, hey, you brought him in. He's, you know, but I'm going to make him your problem now or something like that. Pre-show is wait the Rhea's on the pre-show. That's not true. They're supposed to announce the advantage on the pre-show, but I didn't see any pre-show matches. You can't have Rhea Ripley on the pre-show. Or is there another woman's match? I checked before we came on, and there wasn't anything different. But let's see. Jay got drag. Jay got Dragon Lee. Okay. It's not say, a women's adva- it's not the women's advantage match. They're just they had the fan vote like Taboo Tuesday, Jay. Yeah. Ruffles sponsored it. Your sour cream and cheddar ridges. Um Jason Dragonly. Okay, because he had, had yeah. he texted me before the match was changed. Um Donald had put over Escobar over Carlito, so I don't know if he still has Escobar against Dragon Lee, but we'll go with him with Escobar. It's just over both of them. That's great. <laughs> um, I think this is a way to to better establish Escobar as his heel persona. Dragon Lee would be okay with a loss here, but you know, as Bully Ray says, one goes over, one gets over, and mm-hmm. this is a perfect match for that formula. So, give me Escobar with the win, but Dragon Lee will will get over more. Based I, on I'll agree with that. Like I said, I'm expecting something to happen with the groups tonight, so I think Santos will win because of that. All right, up next we'll go with the Women's World Championship. Rhea Rhea Ripley versus Zoe Starks. They've done a pretty decent job of building intrigue as far as Zoe casting doubt that she could actually beat Rhea for the belt since Rhea's focus has not been on Zoe or the championship. Mm -hmm. She's been busy handling Judgment Day beef. Um, so there's some doubt there. I just don't know if these two are going to come off and mesh well. I just, yeah, both physical I, though, so it could be a really physical women's match. Yeah, I got Rhea retaining, she's not going to drop the belt to Mania, so no doubt in that for me, but we'll see. I, I 100% agree. I don't see Rhea dropping the belt. But I think Zoe's been on a decent, uh, decent story since she was with Trish. You know, I, I like what they've been doing with her. So I think it's going to get there. But Rhea and Donald and Jason both had Rhea for the win. Yeah. Yeah. No, Zoe, like I said, Zoe's, Zoe's been good character-wise in that. And like I said, she's done a great job of casting some doubt, given the, the pitfalls that Rhea's been handling for Judgment Day. I just don't. Don't see it. It's not her time yet. Mm. Not for a bit. All right. We'll head into the Intercontinental Championship. Gunther versus The Miz. I don't really think a lot of time needs to be spent on this one at all, but. You turn Miz babyface to face Gunther. I thought Gunther did a hell of a job in the ring on the mic the other night. Um, the crowd was kind of like taking over that segment and then he didn't 
stutter, stammer, get off pace. He kept it and brought him back in. I just, uh, Miz Babyface 2023 just doesn't do anything for me. Miz is never as best as the Babyface. I will say this, though, and Gunther brought it up himself. He's kind of outgrown the belt. I need something else from him at this point. He got the longest reigning moniker. Mm-hmm. He's beating all challengers. You cap off on Miz. He's a you know eight time champ or whatever he is. There's nobody left. I would love to see him cash that in, and maybe face Roman at the Rumble or something like that. Do something no. different with him. I wouldn't so, be upset with that. I got Gunther. Yeah. I mean, The Miz isn't going to be the one that, you know, gets the win over Gunther. That that doesn't that doesn't really do anything for The Miz. You know, whatever. There's potential for, for others that can be in that spot. So, it's an easy one. Gunther for the win. Dalton and Jason both had Gunther as well. Jason had brought up not long enough of a baby build for a title change for him. So... All right, and that gets us into the women's war game. So, what do you think? I think there's going to be a lot of tomfoolery in this match. Like, will there be some spots? Yeah. Will EO jump off the top of the cage and do a moonsault? Probably. Will Kyrie hit an elbow off the top of the cage? Probably. Is Shotzi going to get anywhere near the top of the cage? Please don't. Oh, she's doing something crazy. I do not need her up on top of the cage. She was in War Games in NXT, wasn't she? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some spots she did, but nothing's really like coming to mind. But I just, she just, she still scares the bejesus out of me every time yeah. she's in the ring. She'll be on the top of the cage at some point and injuring herself. Um, I. Uh, I'm going to go damaged. Oh, no. You can't have both heel teams win in war games. I'll go damage control. But this Asuka, Io, and Kyrie, I think they need to drop Bailey afterwards and just go Japanese Yakuza style, take her out, and just run rough shot over the women's division on both brands. I'd have them show up on both brands taking people out. Makes sense. The drive doesn't matter, so why not? Yeah. 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 But I'll go damage control and Bailey getting boot. Me and Donald both have uh, damage control as well. Jason has Team Bianca. And Jason said the same thing start the Bailey breakup. They've been started the Bailey breakup. They need to end the Bailey breakup. Just take her out. (laughs) They started the Bailey breakup. Like what? Three months after uh, Damage Control started, they were teasing it. That's been the storyline for Damage Control this whole time, more than anything. Yeah. All right, so that gets us into the last match: Men's War Games. I was going to say have both heel teams go over, but you got Babyface Cody Rhodes. Seth, like I just don't, or in returning, I just don't see the baby faces losing here. Um, 
No, I see baby faces winning on this. Yeah, I do too. My only question is coming out of this because you can you can build you can build feuds coming out of war games, right? You can build storylines coming out, like I just brought up with the Bailey. Mm-hmm. We gotta we gotta get something cooking for Seth. And I don't know if it's gonna be Drew again or what, but I think Drew can go off with Jay and they can have their own feud after this. Um, And here's my thing, right? You have a War Games match. Why not do a cash-in? Cash in the briefcase tonight. Okay. If you're Damian Priest, your sole objective is to work over Seth Rollins this entire match. I don't care about anybody else in this match. I'm gunning for you this entire match. I'm telling Judgment Day, the game plan is we take out Seth the entire match. I don't care if we win or lose. Our objective is to take out Seth Rollins. And then we cash in after the match. Let the baby faces get their cheer. They start to exit the ring. We close the door on Seth. Five on one beatdown. I hit him with the razor's edge. Pin one, two, three. New WWE champ, Damian Priest. And Judgment Day still goes over at Survivor Series without going over. Mm-hmm. I like it. That's how I would book it. You can like have you can, you can have all that. Hell, even you can have all that and have Randy Orton RKO Seth on the way out. Baby faces are running after Orton. What the hell, Randy? Boo-boo. Cody's crying in his tears because his mentor came back and changed his colors like the Viper that he is. <laughs> they all leave Seth laying in the ring and Judgment Day is just circling around them like sharks in the water. Beat down Seth, cash in, one, two, three, bam, new champ. Give me some spice to end the show. Yeah, that would do it. I don't need everybody going home happy in this instance. Give me the crowd irate booing, throwing shit they can't get in the ring because the cage is up. <laughs> Think about the image. People were throwing shit like WCW back in the day. Yeah, Can't get it in the ring because the cage is up. Judgment Day, standing tall, heavyweight title, tag team titles, women's title. JD McDonough is taking a picture because that's all he's good for. And we go to black. Dom with the NXT title, and that's how we fade to black. It's Chicago, so the crowd's going to be hot no matter what, and they give, would they would feed that. Give me that, please. I'm begging you, give me that. So we go back to the logic thing again. <laughs> that makes sense. Don't set your expectations too high. Like, when's this cashing going to happen? I think it's still going to be a while. And you can have Seth win the belt back at Rumble. And yeah, then he could be in in a main event at, at Mania. Like, yeah. let Priest run with it from now until Rumble. That's a two-month run. And if be it, good. If it played out like that, I I would actually think that's a very good storyline to end the show. Just imagine the after-show press conference and Judge of Day sitting up there on the panel. Dom has the NXT North American title. Rhea with her women's title. Priest and Balor are sitting there with the tag team titles, and the heavyweight title is out front. It's what they and been JD's holding for. the JD's holding a boom mic instead of taking a picture. <laughs> I mean, 
I'm for it. I'm all for it. That right there has been booked better than anything Tony Khan has put out this year. It's booked better than what a lot of WWE's done too. And if that's not on this, if that's not on the table as consideration, then why are you even having this cash and idea available when you're in one of the most dangerous matches that WWE mm-hmm. has? Use it to that advantage. Seth put Seth out there as number one. Have him run the entire gamut. And then do the cash in at the end. Sign still delivered. No. All right. I'm just going to give. Uh, Jason has Judgment Day. And then Donald had uh, Team Cody. Match of the night. What do you got? I'm ignoring that comment by Taekwon. Um, I think <laughs> I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go. Uh, Dragon Lee and Santos could be a match of the night. Dragon Lee and Santos was up there for me as well, but anytime I have Gunther on my match card, it's kind of hard to say that he's not going to have a match of the night. True. Miz is a pro's pro, so I am going to enjoy the shit out of Gunther chopping Miz. Like, that's going to be tremendous. Did you see... Uh... I saw Gunther did an interview this week and they asked him like if there was anybody that's chopped the hell out of him, you know, like that he remembers. And he said it was Penta. They I guess they had a match in uh in England uh-huh. and Penta like he said like within the first couple minutes his chest was all bloody from Penta. Just like I was like, uh, I might need to go back and find that match because that would be a good yeah, match. No, that that was one of the that was that was one of those where like Walter was on his rise where he had like the match with Keith Lee. There was a couple that like put his name on the map map it was mm. the penta match the keith lee match a couple other ones uh before he went to nxt uk and did his thing there but yeah that yeah those two i i've now that you bring it back up i vividly remember that match and just the shotgun sounds of hand hitting chest that those might, two were doing you might need there. to help me uh find it which one because i knew who walter was you know, before just because of him getting that rise in name recognition, but I didn't really start watching him until NXT UK. So, um, yeah, I'll have to check that out now. Before we get into anything else, Shinsuke Nakamura open challenge. Uh, nobody's called it yet. You know, what what do you think? It's not the rumors, CM, but it's not it's not going to be CM Punk. I don't see it being Punk either. But. Not going to be CM Punk. And CM Punk at a coffee shop in Chicago is not shocking because the motherfucker lives in Chicago. Yeah. Okay. Like let's tone that down. All right. Um, to me, this would have been a better fit for Orton. Apparently, Nakamura's mystery opponent will not be truly revealed tonight. So, just going to be a continuation continuation okay i don't even i don't even know who to speculate at this point as far as who he's talking about um you know words is they're booking uh, they're booking nakamura the way they're booking him because they're trying to court okada to wwe okay and showing how strong triple h can book japanese talent Going with the 
you've done everything possible in New Japan, and like the only thing you haven't done is do it on the grandest stage of them all. Like that's their pitch, so to speak. So uh, we'll see. You, you don't need to be looking just at Nakamura's two to three month run lately. You need to be looking at his whole run and show how they can book somebody like him. Well, it has been a thousand times better since Triple H took over. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't I don't I don't see anybody coming out that's gonna be like, oh my god, it's not gonna happen. It's definitely not gonna be seeing punk. I bet my house on it. So if I end up homeless, Chris, I'm coming to live with you in your <laughs> mom's <over>. basement. <laughs> um yeah, so there it is. That's the match. Hit us up on social media. Let us know. Match of the night, who you got. Give us your rundown, who will win, who will lose um, for Survivor Series War Games tonight. Here we go. I knew it. It had to be Cam. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys fan in this dude. Um, uh, before you get into that, though, I don't know if you saw this one. Damn it. I missed it. I was about to say we're signing off because I saw the sponsor by Giordano's and I thought that would have been the perfect Chicago deep dish match for Taekwondo to say sponsored by Luigi Primo, but he didn't there. So yeah, Taekwondo is Taekwondo is definitely coming down the home stretch of getting a free t-shirt out of us coming to the end of the year. So um not bad, not bad. I Cam, I don't see him fitting in at all right now. I don't. I don't see him coming in at all. Period. Yeah. I don't. I think there's too much baggage. There's too much animosity. He can't play nice in a sandbox. And it just doesn't work. I don't. I don't see him going back. The problems that he had with the company before haven't gone away. So, to me, if he goes back, all this is a, a cash grab like Lesnar. I mean, AEW was the perfect storm for him to come back because yeah. it was it was an alternative. They were on national TV. They had talent there. It fit, it, it fit that fan base um, based on, you know, those were the people that were chanting CM Punk for 10 years in WWE. Like, mm-hmm. it was the perfect storm. He's what forty five now, forty six. Like, I just don't. The only thing I think that w- would make sense, and I'm not even saying that this needs to happen, but if he comes back at some point, just do it short term, very minimal, doesn't have a lot of interaction. You know, just comes back a handful of dates to build up like a mania match or something like that, and that's it. You know, he gets a pay, he gets a pay date, and that's it. You know, just just do one match to to get him over again, and you're good. <laughs> Pro's not even here to defend himself, Taekwon, so I'm not putting that comment up. But I may screen grab it and send it to him in his DMs. <laughs> All right, so that's it for Survivor Series. Uh, Mount Rushmore, Jabroni of the Week, the week that was in pro wrestling. Um, anything else did you want to discuss and and, and go over here? I don't have anything. You had brought something up earlier. Do you want? To have oh, so yeah, or? just yeah, just as an off-topic question, um, it doesn't have anything to do with what we what we were discussing earlier. But 
you know, much like the LA night segment of the week, um, I have to get my impact segment of the week <laughs> on this show. So this week, this past Thursday, impact Thanksgiving night, um, they ran kind of a best of with their previous Thanksgiving shows. Okay. As far as what they used to do. So, um, you know, much to your chagrin, I know you had mentioned that coming out of Bound for Glory. Why would you just show Bound for Glory based off of the momentum that they've built up the past couple weeks? But my thing is, is why have why put on a show that you know nobody's going to tune in for? Like it's Thanksgiving night, there's football on all day, people are comatose. Like, there to me, that's the that's the perfect time to do one of those recap shows or a hit best the, of show. Hit the NWO music. We're doing a run-in. <laughs> um, I'm here. My, problem, my, my question is, do you, have, do, you, do you have a problem with them doing that and does it kill any momentum that they've built up? No, I'm actually more okay with this one because that that's something that they've done in the past more for Thanksgiving, you know, being on Thursday night, they've done the best of shows. So, you know, you're not going to get as many viewers for this episode as you normally would. So why waste an episode? I kind of feel like, so the whole thing that I hate with the bound for glory was you just, it was the same week and you gave everything. That's the reason why I hated that. It wasn't that it was necessarily a best of, but <laughs> <laughs> It's like, it's like that accidental curly whenever you get the fries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, that was uh, that was my only yeah. question, just to see. No, I'm okay. I know you had, I was okay with you that this week. Some fault with it. I didn't so. watch this week just because busy on Thanksgiving. Um, I was gonna go back and watch it this weekend, but if it's a best of show, yeah, then I know I don't have to go back and watch it then. Yeah, no. Um I know Donald's not here, so we're not going to touch the PWI announcement for the tag teams. We'll get into that next week um, because there's some comments that a that a certain Usi member made um, that I want to get your thoughts on and and the list as, as a whole breaking down the top ten. Um, huge shakeup as far as top ten goes. I think FTR was the only team that was in the top ten last year that was in the top ten this year. Um. If I read that correctly, I gotta fact check that. But um, yeah, we'll we'll save that for next week and, and get into that with Donald. Um, some more. Oh, so don't can... just in case you were doing that. <laughs> How was work? I hit man. I hit Nate. <laughs> do what I do best. There's your quote of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, anything you want to chime in with before we jump out of here as far as pro wrestling from the week that was? That you, did we did you, did y'all touch on Sheeta? We did. Yeah. Anything you want to talk about? Oh, did Brody. Nah, that was it. Yeah, yeah, we yeah we talked about that, and I brought up how we said it on last week's show, you making her a transitional champ for no reason, and it's just killing her. Um, in that regard. But there was, uh, speaking of Sheeta, there was uh, some news that broke this morning. Um, so Yahoo Japan confirmed that Yuka Sakazaki 
will be moving to the U.S. in December and will make AEW her home promotion starting next year. Interesting. To me, that's a that's a big signing. But people that don't watch or pay attention to women's wrestling all around will just kind of shake that off as just who? Was she in stardom? Um, yes. I mean, if you were, if you're a day one AEW person, you know who she is. Yeah. You know, that was someone that they were pushing, you know, with a lot of their uh, stardom talent early on. But the pandemic ruined that. You know, they all, they pretty much all had to go back and only stayed at stardom. And AEW pushed the talent that they could get, you know, for a bit there. And we keep talking that AEW needs a, to rebuild their women's division. I think this is a perfect time for that. Yeah, if you get Thunder Rosa back, um, Britt Baker back, you got Statlander, you have Tony, you can rebuild Julia Hart, Sheeta. Now you add in Sakazaki. Like you have the makings of something that could have good, solid potential out there, and and solid feuds, and get some new blood into that upper echelon main event segment that is AEW's women division. Instead of the wash, rinse, repeat that it's been the last, I'd say, six to eight months. I feel like um, since the pandemic, though, that the the stardom talent, they come in and they're just jobbers. Like, we need to treat them better. Like, yeah. Emi Sakura, she comes in and she jobs it every time. You know, I know she's more steady on Ring of Honor and everything than than AEW. But you know, even what, what do they do with Riho anymore? You know, like, there, there's nothing with her at all, you know. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, there's a little bit better treatment in 2024 for that women's division. Now, do you know yeah. how, how their uh, relationship works? Because it just, it just seems like they're in for like one or two matches, and then so like Rio seems like she's in for one or two, and she's gone. I see Emmy around every, every more so. Well, I believe Rio Rio has already moved over here full time. Okay, she's just not on TV anymore. Yuka Sakazaki that's coming in, she's going to be moving over here full-time. So she'll be there. It's just... I have no faith in Tony Khan to book women's wrestling. Mm-mm. And, you know, Omega was supposed to be, whenever the EVPs were involved, he was supposed to be in charge of the women's division and that with Brandy Rhodes. And then, obviously, Brandy and Cody left. I don't know what ties Omega has to it yet. You know who you know who I would let book the women's division? And y'all may laugh at this, but she's done a hell of a job with ROH. Let Maria Canellas do it. If she's let the one actually the, let, it, then... let her be the authority over the women's division and just let her run with the women's division. Yeah, if she's actually booking the matches, then mm-hmm. cool. You know, like she's showing that she can do it. Does she book the matches and the story, or just the matches? I'm not sure about all that, but she was running the ROH Women's Division before they went "quote unquote" under, mm-hmm. and that was that was arguably the best, and well, that was really the only period of time that ROH focused on women's wrestling. Yeah. But that. I mean, that was some of the best women's wrestling I was whenever she was running that in Ring of Honor. They got to try some different stuff this year. 
So let's try it. Let's see how it works. Tony, Dev, Tony, you, Tony can keep dynamite, right? Like Vince kept raw, but Vince delegated other people for SmackDown. He may have had final say, but even at points in times, he was letting Heyman do it by himself. You know, you had other people that were in charge. Mm-hmm. He got to delegate more because the product is suffering. It's the same stuff over and over yeah. again. Now, who's who's booking? Do you know who's booking Julia? You know, if it's talent booking or if that's coming from Tony, because that right there is that was good storytelling. Yeah, my guess would be Tony because of the being main roster, but I don't know. But it didn't transition. It, it doesn't transition transition anywhere else in the women's division. Yeah, yeah. Good I build, don't. I don't storytelling. And I don't know who the producers are. I want to say Dustin. Well, Dustin was Dustin was doing training for the women. Mm-hmm. Working them I've in ring wise. I don't know if he's producing any of the women's matches. Um, I think Jerry Lynn may have been involved with the women for a while there as well. Um, Every now and then I hear like this one did this match, this one did this match, but I've never heard like consistent like this one's staying on here. And that's the that's the problem. Like get, you know, we we hear Tyson's kid name, Tyson Kid's name brought up all the time in WWE. Jason Jordan, like they're associated with certain performers in certain matches consistently, and you can tell when they produce or book something. Kind of back in the day whenever Fitz Finley was basically running the WWE women's division. Right. You can tell the difference. So, like, yeah, Tony got to delegate it out, man. He has to. If you want to go to him for final say-so as far as who goes over or or give me your – give me your end goal. What's your end goal? Who do you want here in this position by this time? Mm -hmm. Okay, great. We'll do it that way and get there. You can come in and say yes or no to certain things along the way, but I don't need you hands-on for Dynamite, Rampage, Collision, pay-per-views, specials, like ROA. It's too it's too much, and it's suffered this year. I think this year more than any other year of AEW, you can see that, one, you can see the weaknesses in his booking, and two – it's too much because he has outside ventures as well between Fulham and the Jaguars. And he has his hand in other stuff too. So, yeah. So shit's going to suffer and slide. And I mm-hmm. feel like his booking is one of those things that have slid this year drastically, that it's time to make a change. You have more than enough people backstage. I don't know how you had Orn Anderson there for four years and didn't take advantage of that. No. Last year felt like a rebuilding year, and this year felt the same exact way. Like it, there were there were some bright spots this year, you know, like over the summer with the MJF Adam Cole storyline. But it's been it's been a rough year for AEW, and they and they fell into that. That wasn't the initial plan for that. Those two were just so great together that it turned into what the fans wanted. And kudos to them for pulling the audible and running with mm-hmm. it because it did give you arguably your best storyline out of the year until Cole got injured. Yeah. But again, that's not something that you came up with that you planned. And a lot of times in wrestling, <clears throat> the the stuff that works the best and gets over the best is the stuff that's not planned. 
you got to recognize when you see that coming and be able to adjust an audible to book into that. Because we all seen with Vince with the Roman shit for how many years, it didn't matter what was getting hot and getting over. Vince still tried to push Roman into spots and it Mm -hmm. didn't work. Now on the flip side, you see with this LA night thing, it's getting over ground legs running and they've, they've adjusted stuff to fit and book into that. So recognizing what the fans want, but how to adjust to still get to your end goal. Like, Rumor is LA Knight versus Roman at the Rumble is not the rematch. It's not happening. No. Triple H has something else planned for Roman at Rumble. Okay, fine. But what are you going to do with LA Knight to keep him hot? Grayson Waller is not it. No. So. If you save LA Knight for if you save LA Knight for the Rumble and then him challenge Seth, and you can get Cody versus Roman to finish the story. You have two new champs coming out of it. Seth can take time off to get his back healed up. Roman's already basically a part-timer, anyways. Then you have two guys that can be your back to your workhorse champions that will mm-hmm. defend and be on the show consistently. And they need that. SmackDown needs that even more with Logan Paul having the U.S. title off of TV, too. I, I forgot all about that because he hasn't been around. Yeah. So your, your top two titles aren't even on SmackDown. Yeah. So we'll see. But uh, it is what it is there. So, all right. Anything else before we give uh, some positivity to end the week and get you ready for rivalry week and war games? Jason, you got anything that you'd want to cover? Good. Right, send it home, Steve. All right, this week's oh, quote of the week. Yeah. Since oh. it is. Oh, yeah, background music to you. No, I didn't, I didn't mean for it to come on. It's, it's, part, of the, it's part of the clip that I saved. Um, you were brave enough. You were strong enough. And gosh, guarded people like me. <laughs> It's on a it's on a reel, so okay. like once it once it ends, I gotta hit watch again for the quote to pop up in order for me to read it. And I didn't realize the background noise was gonna come on whenever I hit it. Um, so since Thanksgiving was this past Thursday, and we we talk about what to give thanks for and what to be grateful for and gratitude, and it's not something that should just only be expressed on Thanksgiving, right? You should be grateful and give give gratitude and give thanks every day. It will just help make the world a better place. Um, with that being said, um, bar the music for a quick second. No amount of regret changes the past. No amount of anxiety changes the future. But any amount of gratitude changes the present. No amount of regret changes the past. No amount of anxiety changes the future. But any amount of gratitude changes the present. Be thankful and grateful. For what you have, strive to achieve more. And before we get out of here, do we have one more run in before we sign off? All right, drop, drop him back out. I'm a Mark, you're a Mark, tell Mark. Until next time, y'all can catch us around the way. <laughs>